0: Today's podcast of In Conversation with God on the relevant radio app is brought to you by ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter Publishers brings you the finest in Catholic spiritual reading. For more information, go to ScepterPublishers.org.
1: Today's reading from In Conversation with God is for Thursday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. The topic is Like a Walled City. Part 1. The charity lived by the first Christians. One of the readings for today's Mass is a passage from St. Paul's letter to Philemon. It is the briefest and perhaps most heartfelt epistle written by the Apostle. Philemon was a Christian of Colossae. He had a runaway slave by the name of Onesimus, whom Paul had met and converted in a Roman prison. Here we have one more palpable demonstration of the universal scope of primitive Christianity. The faith won over wealthy people like Philemon and slaves like Onesimus. St. John Chrysostom surveys the variegated scene in one of his homilies. Aquila had a business selling dyed cloth in front of a workshop. Another worked as a prison guard. Another, Cornelius, was a centurion. Timothy was a sick man. Onesimus was a slave and a fugitive. And all of these different sorts of people had converted to the faith. Their worldly occupations and conditions did not pose any obstacle. Every one of them became a saint. Men and women, young and old, slave and free, soldiers and country folk we may wonder about what plans st paul had for onesimus perhaps at first he wanted his assistance in rome yet soon he changed his mind he gave onesimus back to Philemon with only one request that Philemon treat onesimus as a brother in the faith the apostle does not make this request in the form of a command even though he surely could have done so. Though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an ambassador, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I have become in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. For a time, this slave was useless to his master since he had run away. Now he had become useful. St. Paul is here playing on the meaning of the name Onesimus, which indeed happens to mean useful. If previously he was of little use, now he is of use both to the apostle and to Philemon. Paul instructs Philemon to receive Onesimus as if he were Paul himself. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. St. John Chrysostom points out, See how St. Paul had no shame in defending a fugitive slave. He refers to Onesimus as his child, his very heart, his beloved brother. How would I have reacted in this situation? Christ Jesus became man to the point of making slaves his blood brothers. If slaves are the brothers of Christ, then they are our brothers as well. These words of the Apostle assume even greater weight if we consider the circumstances of slavery in the ancient world. Slaves had no rights and no dignity whatsoever. The fact that Christians showed this kind of interest in slaves truly stunned the people of that time. And what about ourselves in today's world? Do we exclude anyone from our dealings or our affection for reasons of social class, of race, or level of education? St. Paul closes this short letter with some levity. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me even your own self. Surely if they were to total up the balance sheet, Philemon would find that he owed Paul the most valuable thing he possessed, his Christian faith. Let us resolve to take a lesson from these first Christians on how to live charity in a practical and profound manner. Our first apostolate should always be with those who are closest to us we should do our best to see that they persevere in the faith. We should also be attentive to those people we know who live apart from Christ. Let us try to win them back to the Lord through our friendship and esteem. Part 2. The Fortitude That Comes From Charity. Frater qui adiuvatur a frate quasi civitas firma. A brother who is helped by his brother is like a walled city. So says the Book of Proverbs. We may well imagine the tremendous external difficulties which threatened believers in the earliest days of Christianity. Probably one of their strongest modes of defense was the charity they practiced towards one another. Charity makes us solid as a fortress wall, able to sustain any assault. The New Testament is replete with encouragement in this regard. For example, St. Paul wrote to the Galatians, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. When we see that our brothers and sisters are weighed down by difficulties, We have to be ready to share the load, no matter how heavy it turns out to be. This is the sentiment to be found in a letter from St. Ignatius of Antioch to his disciple, St. Polycarp. Bear the infirmities of all like a master athlete. The greater the toil, the greater the reward. This responsibility is shared by all Christians, Each believer has to be on the watch for the welfare of others of the faithful, especially those in his or her immediate circle. St. Augustine has written, They are your servants, my brothers, whom you will to be your sons. They are my masters, whom you have commanded me to serve, if I would live by you. Our earnest determination to help others will bring us out of ourselves. It will expand our heart. We cannot excuse ourselves from serving others for lack of time, through fear of becoming involved, or because of worries of one kind or another. We have to be concerned about the health of others, about their rest, about their peace of mind, about their spiritual life. Sick people deserve even more attention than almost anyone else. Let us give them extra moments of our company. Let us show a real interest in their speedy recovery. We should encourage people to sanctify their suffering by helping them to pray as much as they are able. The practice of charity can give us a fortitude like that manifested by the first Christians. This can be of great consolation when we encounter obstacles to the faith in our own day. We need to look out for one another in such a way that no one feels lonely in time of trial. This is supernatural common sense. In the words of St. Gregory the Great, if a city is to be defended, then the people throw up a great wall of fortification. A constant guard is mounted. But if any tiny area is left unprotected, without a doubt that is where the enemy will strike. With the support of fellow Christians, we will make of ourselves a walled city, a strong fortress. Together we will find the strength and energy to surmount any difficulty that arises on our path to God. If we were acting alone, this kind of security would be nearly impossible. Yet Sacred Scripture tells us a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Charity gives us strength. In the words of St. Jose Maria, Fraterqui adiuvatur frate quasi civitas firma. A brother who is helped by his brother is like a walled city. Think for a moment and make up your mind to live that brotherhood I've always recommended to you. Part 3. Virtues Related to Charity St. Paul does not make a direct appeal to Philemon for the freedom of Onesimus. He expresses this desire in a refined manner without forcing Philemon's hand. In the words of St. John Chrysostom, Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. This is an echo of the gracious sentiments expressed at the beginning of the letter, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Can we imagine any more persuasive words? What could be more convincing than this gentle esteem shown by Paul to Philemon? How can he fail to respond to this type of request? This is the delicacy of one who knows himself to be addressing a brother in the faith. The practice of charity involves a whole series of virtues. These virtues support and defend charity. They include loyalty, gratitude, mutual respect, friendship, deference, affability, refinement. If we are to live the Lord's new commandment, we will often need to be on top of our moods. We will have to make an effort to be cordial, to spread good cheer, to be optimistic. It may be more natural for us to act in just the opposite way, to give in to critical spirit, to let slip harsh words, to use bad language, to become easily annoyed. These are signs of a lack of supernatural struggle. St. John has left us this concise summary of Christianity. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We must firmly resolve to give of ourselves day after day, in the midst of our work, in the context of the home, with our friends, relatives, and acquaintances. Then we will be fulfilling the new commandment of the Lord. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another." Jesus has set the standard which the Christians of every age must strive to follow. This is how Christians will be distinguishable from those who have still not entered the church. What a shame if we were not to live up to that standard. We would thereby confuse everyone and at the same time would lose the honor of being known as children of God. It is in these very sad circumstances that we foolishly neglect divine assistance, that aid which is so necessary if we are to give witness to a paganized and indifferent environment. Let us rather do our best that the world may be amazed at the wondrous spectacle of our fraternal charity. Then they will say to us what was said in earlier times— See how they love one another.
0: In Conversation with God is based on a seven-book series of the same name. It is produced by Relevant Radio in an exclusive partnership with Scepter Publishers. For more information or to order your own copy of the book, log on to ScepterPublishers.org. Scepter is spelled S-C-E-P-T-E-R. That's ScepterPublishers.org. This podcast is protected under U.S. copyright laws and is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. To donate, click the Give button on this app right now or visit RelevantRadio.com. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we continue the conversation.